You guys, I'm really excited to tell you about a new online course that I'm offering. It's called Pleasure, Peace, and Power. And it's for anybody who identifies as a woman or anyone who cares about a partner who identifies as a woman. It's a four-week course where I give you data and evidence-informed tips and insights and strategies to find the sexual satisfaction and serenity and self-confidence that's your right. So if you're struggling to find excitement in a long-term relationship, if you're feeling anxious about sex and commitment, if you're wondering how to tap into your sensual superpowers, or you just want to feel better about yourself, I really do think that my online course, Pleasure, Peace, and Power, can help you find all three. So if you're interested, DM me on Instagram at Wednesday Martin PhD to receive information about how to sign up. And I'll see you there. Okay, guys, Lindsay and I have been talking a little bit more about some of our favorite things because we want to share our brands and the companies that we truly love. And I found a new one. I really did. I found one that I cannot live without. They sent me a box and I basically hounded them to send me another one. And I feel like my life will never be the same if I, if I don't keep drinking this. It is the Element, L-M-N-T, Element Electrolytes. I use this as soon as I wake up in the morning or anytime I go sweat. You've probably seen me playing pickleball a lot lately or wake surfing. I just put these electrolytes straight into my water and it kicks, it kickstarts the day. It helps me stay hydrated. It just makes me feel better. What we hear is we need to be drinking more water. Yes, most of us all need to drink more water, but for proper hydration, we need to drink water and electrolytes. And a lot of the times the electrolytes are just forgotten because we're so focused on drinking the water. Let me tell you why we need electrolytes. It helps nerve impulses fire, regulate fluid balance, help you produce energy. It strengthens bone. And you know what, you guys? Increase endurance, performance, and recovery. We can all use that right now. Plus, if you're like me and you kind of um, uh, try different diets, uh, whether you're fasting or low-carb or keto, these electrolytes specifically are key for relieving hunger, cramps, headaches, tiredness, and dizziness. Thank God. Guess what? No sugar, no artificial ingredients no fake coloring, all that yucky stuff. You don't need that. This is why one of the reasons I'm obsessed with this brand. Rob Wolf was the co-founder of it. He was a former research biochemist, two times New York Times bestselling author, and a Navy SEAL. Talk about a resume. So NBA players, tech leaders, um, we have NFL players, Olympians, all, everyone is using Element electrolytes and it just kind of helps you out. If you're in a hot environment, you're getting a good workout in, you just want to feel better. Single serve packets, grab and go. You get 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. Why is this important? Because most of us are deficient in sodium, potassium, and magnesium, and it's really hard to get the latter two, the um, potassium and the magnesium, through your diet. So this this makes it super easy. You don't even have to think about it. Throw it in your purse, your gym bag, boom, like that. And try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend of yours. You'll get your money back, no questions asked. Free shipping on all orders, you guys. I cannot stress enough how amazing this is. All of my friends are now drinking it along with me. And it's it's something that I have to keep hidden from them because they're so obsessed with it. And I know Wednesday does the same. Her son went through the entire box immediately before we could even do any, any post or anything for them. So you know it's good. I promise, promise, promise you. 
So check them out, L-M-N-T, that's Element, drinklmnt.com slash T-S-W-L. That's drinklmnt.com slash T-S-W-L. Hey, True Sex and Wild Love listeners, I don't know about you, but I'm very, very fussy about what I put on my face, what I put on my vulva, and what I put in my vagina. And that is why I was so excited when I learned about a company called Living Libations. What is it? It's a luxurious Canadian line of pure source, raw, organic, and botanical beauty care, intimacy lubricants, raw chocolate, oh my God, so delicious, and holistic oral care products that you can use after you eat the chocolate. Oh my gosh, I love this stuff. First of all, it was created by Nadine Artemis, who calls herself a beauty philosopher, which I love. She's the author of Renegade Beauty and Holistic Dental Care. And she has an incredible philosophy. They use essential oils and their products are highly concentrated. They preserve purity, space, and resources by offering full potency products without any fillers, no diluters, no artificial colors, and no petrochemicals because ick. I don't want that stuff on my face or in my vajay for sure. I love so many of the products uh, that I'm using of theirs. My favorite might be this rose cream, which you can put on your lips. You can put on your cheeks. I kind of spread some on my arms sometimes if I want a little rosy glow. It smells delicious and it feels delicious on your skin, but I am obsessed, completely obsessed with their product called Languid Love Butter. Only living libations could make this. This is a lube that smells and tastes so good and is made with ingredients, wait for it, that you can eat, okay? Because I'm not putting anything on my vulva or on my vagina that I wouldn't put in my mouth, okay? Just trust me, you're gonna just love these products. Look, synthetic lubes are often just kind of momentary moisturizers or like petal plumpers. You know, they're only offering you a very temporary lubrication. And often uh, those ingredients of kind of drugstore lubes actually uh, dehydrate your vulva and your vagina. And we don't want that. On the other hand, Living Libations has this organic petal passion serum, they call it. And that sort of lubricates your spaces and soothes you using ingredients that you wouldn't be scared to put in your mouth and they're ingredients that you can pronounce. There's something really great about that. I'm obsessed and I think you will be too. And here's some really great news about Living Libations and their incredible product line. Just go to livinglibations.com forward slash TSWL and use the code TSWL and you can get 20% off. Hey, that means that you can buy an extra pot of Languid Love Butter and you can send it to me. On this episode of True Sex and Wild Love, we spoke to Damona Hoffman, who is a certified dating coach. 
I didn't even know what that was, but she told us. Damone is also a radio host and TV personality who starred in the TV series Hashtag Black Love and A Question of Love on FYI TV, A&E Networks. And she hosts the Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman radio show and podcast. Plus, she's the love expert for BET.com. I think that says it all. This was a really fun episode. Among other things that happened, Demona coached Whitney into writing her first ever Tinder bio. You got to listen. You're going to love Demona. Hey, Whitney. Hi. Um, kind of personal question. Oh, like we don't do that here no, on the show. <laughs> the air we breathe. But um, been on any good dates lately? Well. You know, you guys know that I'm just kind of getting back into the whole dating thing. Um, <laughs> so I went on, I got set up with somebody recently on Monday. And so this is still very fresh, but that wasn't the, so I actually just went on another one, kind of date-ish, but I think it was more friendly. I'm not really sure. I mean, this was last night. So I'm fresh off of it. I'm new into the dating thing. So I'm super excited that we have Damona Hoffman on today because selfishly, I need to know what to say. And, and she is a dating coach. So yeah, and, I'm kind of using this time as, <laughs> as a selfish session with her. <laughs> the best podcast. Okay. Damona Hoffman, dating coach. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm glad to dive in and really tell everybody what they can learn from a dating coach and how I can help improve their lives, their love lives. Okay. Hold up just a minute. Cause I'm an anthropologist and I feel like if if an anthropologist came here from Mars, they would be like, hold up. These people have dating coaches. Okay, first of all, I don't even know what a date is. I've been married for 20 years. What does dating really mean now? Because yeah, it's really funny. Language. And then what's a dating coach? And thank you. It's funny that you bring that up because I feel like it's shifting. I've been doing this now for 15 years. And when I started coaching nobody knew what a dating coach was. Like now I feel like there are people on Instagram and there are so many podcasts that people are like, oh yeah, dating coach. But when I started, I was like a unicorn. People could not understand. So I'll tell you uh, in a nutshell what a dating coach does. And then we can talk about how dating has shifted if you want to get into that. Yeah. But basically, I look at dating as a learned skill. And I'm, I'm interested to hear your perspective on that as, as an anthropologist, but... <laughs> and Whitney's is a dater. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. We got, we got it all covered here. You're in the lab, girl. But That's right. I look at dating as a learned skill. We, we've seen so many rom-coms and read so many fairy tales that we think it should just magically happen for us. And yes. you can talk about how <laughs> it's, it's a little less magical these days. But I found that when I put a process around dating and teach people these soft skills, these interpersonal skills, and even the skills of how to use a dating app, how to flirt over text, how to move the text into a real date, how to move from the first date to the second and third, and so on. Those are all, those are all learned skills that you can get better at over time. So that's what I teach. That's exciting news. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hopeless. <laughs> it can get better. Great. I never, you know, I live in New York City where everybody wants to be the best at everything they do. And the fact that I have never heard of a dating coach 
You haven't? I had never heard of a dating coach. I mean, I'm just completely fascinated by this. And it makes me think that people are doing it on the DL. Um, oh, yes. Is that right? Oh, yeah. That was that was my existence for a long time. Like I could never get people to tell a friend or like, you know, share on social media that they had a success story because they're like, I don't want people to know that I needed a dating coach. But I feel like the stigma around needing a coach in anything has really shifted in the, over the last few years. And I also feel like now the the stigma around dating apps and online dating has changed. I met my husband online 17 years ago. And yes, they had dating dating sites, not even apps back then. But I've really seen the evolution of dating apps and the evolution of the attitude around it because that we didn't even tell people that's how we met. That was shameful. It was embarrassing. 17 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember, wow. Demona, I have to say, I remember I've been married for 20 years and I remember just shortly after we got married, people starting to talk about that they met on OkCupid or here or there or the other thing. And I was like, wow, that's like, yes, to your point, it was stigmatized, right? But it's not stigmatized anymore. There are so many people that initially were like, I like what you're saying, but I'm not going to meet my my match online. Like, that's not going to be my love story. We were, we're so obsessed with the love story that people would tell me, that's not the story that I want to tell my kids. And I'm like, I, first of all, I have two kids. They don't, care at all what the story is of how we met. Right. But I have the right. kids. And if I hadn't done online dating, they wouldn't exist. This relationship wouldn't exist. This house that I live in wouldn't exist. And who knows what my life would be. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah, it's so normal. I think it's so normal now dating apps because, you know, I'm 31 and I live in Austin, so there's a lot of singles here, a lot of young professionals here. Most of my friend group, we're not married or have kids at this point. Um, and I think I'm one of the only people that has never been on a dating app. What? I've never had one before. Wait, hold what? up. Never? You don't go yeah. on like Tinder or Bumble or whatever. Never. On? I never have. But do you have an no. idea about it? Like I couldn't possibly meet someone there. That's not for me. Oh, no, I don't care. I don't mind. I'll meet anyone anywhere. Good. <laughs> In fact, like the be I, maybe I met him at the strip club. That's a great story. I'll tell my kids that. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and your kids will be like, "Hey, growth, you showed up." up. <laughs> right, exactly. And how do you think you showed up? I met your dad at the strip club. So be thankful, okay? Be very, very thankful. <laughs> be very thankful. Oh, the stories of how couples meet are so much more interesting, I'm sure, than any of us know. Like we're not all telling the truth about how we met our spouses, for sure. They're either more interesting or way less interesting. It's like, it's, ultimately, it, it's the relationship that matters and what comes out of it. You know, whether you are in a relationship that makes you feel like your best self or whether you're in the wrong relationship that's sending you in a, in a different direction. I, I don't think that the, the means really matters. That said, I help people find matches through a variety of ways. And... I've just said, I've said for the longest time that online dating is just the most powerful tool in your dating toolbox. At, but it's all in how you use the tool because there's a lot of people out here using it the wrong way. They're trying to like hammer in a nail with a saw. <laughs> okay. I have some questions. Okay. So you, I like this idea, Whitney, that like dating is a skill and yeah. you can develop it 
And Demona, to your point, you're saying a lot of people just think they're intrinsically good or bad at attracting people, seducing people, connecting with people. But you're saying, no, there are these actual things that you can do to improve your ability to attract and connect. What I think are probably most people. Yeah. yeah, most people I think are bad <laughs> at it. Uh, inherently bad. Like I started as a dating profile writer because people would come to me saying, I don't know how to talk about myself. And it's like, if you don't know how to talk about yourself, and then we had far more characters than we do now. (laughs) But if you don't know how to talk about yourself, then how are you going to go on the date and talk about yourself? How are you going to engage with people throughout the course of the relationship? It's, it's It's a soft skill that you have to learn. So it's, I look at the whole picture and what you said is something I hear a lot from clients. They come to me with a limiting belief. Like you said, oh, I'm just really bad at dating or I always attract the wrong guys or the men I see are are always unavailable or the women only want me for my money. Whatever that belief is, we start with mindset always. What is the belief that you're coming into this, into your dating coaching program with? that is not serving you, that is not helping you get what you want. And I help people get any variety of relationship scenarios. Most people come to me because they want a monogamous, committed relationship. But I also accept that there are different ideas of what people want in a relationship. And there's something, I think it's so cool that there's something out there for everyone. And that now with dating apps, you have the ability to find that when before that it might've been shameful if you wanted to be in a polyamorous relationship, it might've been difficult to find that, but it's out there for you now. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's an app or a website or something for anyone and everyone, which is awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So Demona, you said that um, people come to you with limiting beliefs. Um, One of them being, I'm just bad at dating. What are the other limiting beliefs or to put it another way, like what are the concerns that people are bringing to you? Is, you know, is it to help them get over shyness? Is it that they need you to like literally be with them while they swipe? Like what, what are the, what are the most common issues that people bring to you and most common concerns? I tend to attract two different camps of maybe three different camps of people. So I have the people who are traditionally women who are super successful in everything they do except for in love. They're a boss bitch at work. They are like, you know, they're running nonprofits and, you know, they're making moves and except for when they try to date somehow those skills don't translate. And what I do with those women is help them realize that those skills that they've developed are applicable to dating. It's just about Mm -hmm. how you apply them. And again, how you use the tools to be able to be successful in love. I also have a lot of people who are maybe divorced or have been in a relationship for a long time, never done online dating, and are kind of confused and overwhelmed by the tool and by the amount of choices that they have and how to navigate that space. And then I also work with men. And the men that I work with tend to be more of the late bloomers, nice guys that feel like they keep getting overlooked online. Oh, because online is a woman's game, right? I mean, (laughs) well, 
It depends I on define that for me. Yeah, a lot of women tell me, I, and I've read the data. I've reviewed the data, which are clear that like it's much easier for women to get likes than it is for men. I hear that consistently, but how does that play out in real life? And um, you know, in terms of sorry, I want to get into this niche of online dating, if that's okay, or like using apps. Sorry. <laughs> But I don't even know the nomenclature. I can, I can <laughs> Both are correct. I consistently hear from men who say that they find, for example, um, Tinder and Bumble um, frustrating experiences in terms of being able to have their likes returned. And then I hear from lots of women who say that they find those to be frustrating experiences because they don't feel a connection once it comes to actually meeting up in person. What what are you finding, you know, are that people are liking the most and the least about these experiences? Well, I'll agree with you and with the data. I'm I'm also a data enthusiast. <laughs> and the reality is there are more men on dating apps than there are women. However, I feel like we can, I, and I have other data I, we can bring into the conversation that will show you, will create more limiting beliefs for the people listening. But I take the data in and I really use it as information to help my clients beat the odds in whatever category might be limiting them. So yes, there are more men online. However, what I see, there are a lot of men that have no idea how to create a dating profile for themselves. And even if you just think of it in terms of just the culture, social media culture, female culture, we, we're always taking pictures of ourselves. We're like... <laughs> We're reading magazines about how to groom ourselves and how to dress and makeup and all that. I'm just, and I'm speaking broadly in terms of like female culture, but in general, we are conditioned more in, in our current society to think about the way that we're presenting ourselves. And men don't always get that education, right? So yeah. I look at when I'm swiping for clients, like some of my VIP clients are just like, oh, I just hate the swiping process. So I'll help them swipe and filter. But I look through it and sometimes I'll, I, I'll be swiping for half an hour and I haven't seen one that's a yes. And I tend to be much less, um, I, I tend to be much more open than my clients when they're swiping. <laughs> like uh, most, most women swipe left. And one big shift that I, that I help my clients realize is that if you just are a little bit more open in the app phase, when you're just making a decision based on a photo and a 90 second thin slice decision, mm -hmm. that you're cutting off a lot of opportunity before it can even blossom. So I tend to have them stretch their parameters just a little bit and be a little bit more open to people that maybe on the surface they wouldn't necessarily respond to. That said, uh, there are a lot of, a, a lot of like toe up looking <laughs> dating profiles, <laughs> particularly from guys. So for, for men, I feel like there's only a little bit of polish to their profile that can help them get ahead in this current landscape. And again, I've been doing this for 15 years. So my 
my perspective and my advice has changed as we move along. But that's what I'm seeing a lot of right now. There are a lot of just half-assed profiles of people that just were like, oh, I'll try Bumble. And then they just sign up right like 30 seconds. They're online, but they haven't put any thought into what they're putting out there. I'm always really interested in like, let's say you land on someone that's interesting, right? What do you, what's the first thing that you say? Because I, I mean, I don't know about like a hey or a hi. I've also heard that some of the um, the one that you'll get the most responses to is like their name with an exclamation point or something. I would love to get your input on this because I know there's a lot of people out there on dating apps saying, I don't know what to do or what to say or how to get their attention because they're getting 75 million other messages. This is yes. such a great question. And the reality is that like 10% of the people that would be considered tens deemed most attractive, they do get like 90% of the messages, right? A lot of people are messaging those people. But then there's also, there's, there's also a large group of people that are really specific in their profile where some people will look at it and say, ugh, what a turn off. And some people would say, oh, wow, she's really into... Comic Con, that's my kind of gal, and would take oh. initiative. And so those are the kind of profiles I like to help people create. The ones that are actually more specific, that can be more polarizing, but send the message to the right kind of person. So if you have a profile like that, and we can break down the different dating apps because there's the swipe apps where you have to mutually match, meaning you both have to say yes to each other before you can communicate. And then there's the more traditional dating apps where anyone could send a message to you and you have a you have more choice, you have more options in filtering your your matches to be able to find people that have similarities or commonalities, qualities that you're looking for. But in that first message, if you've already matched it doesn't actually matter that much what you say to open the conversation. The way I like to open it, I have a really simple formula. I say a comment plus a question. One comment on something that you saw in their profile and a question that leads to an open-ended, not a yes or no response. And that dives you into the conversation because ultimately that's what most people are looking for. They're looking for connection. They're looking for a conversation. They're looking to be seen and heard and understood. And if you think of it from that way, instead of like, what do I say to get this person to like me? Think of it from the perspective of what do I say to engage with this person on a deeper level? And what would be engaging to me? Like, what do I want? And how do I want somebody to approach me? Right? True. Right. Right. Yeah, you want somebody to say something nice and then like show that they're interested enough in you to ask a question, I guess. Yes. And people do want that. They want to have someone express interest for them specifically. And, you know, this is a big problem because so many men do get rejected on dating apps. I, a lot, the data that I've seen, a lot of men will swipe right on almost everyone just to get into the chat phase. And then they'll unmatch when they actually spend time looking at their profile. And that strategy is old as time. Like men have been doing that since, you know, match at AOL days. Oh. That they they will send blanket messages. Okay, Cupid actually had data on this. In their, um, the founder wrote a book called Dataclysm, and he talked about how they can see when people are copying and pasting 
messages if they've done one keystroke or if they've done, mm. you know, 200. <laughs> and they were seeing that a lot of people were just cut and pasting the same same message to everyone just to see who responded. Oh, man. I don't like that. That's not personal. <laughs> That doesn't make me want to be on a dating app. You know, it's like, oh, great. But it's not, it's not How many other different. people did you send that to? It's not I any different than like thing. out in the club though. Like back, you yeah, know, back in the so. day, right? Like how many pickup lines yeah, but if you're a, would, a, yeah. would you hear, you know, until one of them finally worked? Yeah, but I guess it takes more effort if you're with the person. Like, and they have to come up to you and they have to get over that first anxiety of doing it. For and, some, no? yeah. For some, yes. And but, they have to feel the like, chemistry, right? It's very, and the chemistry, it's very hard to feel the chemistry on an app, I've been told. And, I, you know, I wrote a piece um, called Welcome to My Midlife Crisis on Tinder. <laughs> oh, that's right. So good. And, I, you know, I didn't have skin in the game because it was just an exercise, sorry, for my self-esteem. <laughs> that, that a sex therapist told me that some of her female clients would go on dating apps. They didn't really plan to follow through, but they would go on dating apps if they were in a long-term marriage or a long-term relationship. And they would go on, create a profile, go on the app, and it just helped them feel sexy to mm-hmm. uh, to be there. And um, so I did that for, and the pieces in Refinery29, Welcome to My Midlife Crisis on Tinder. And, um, you know, as somebody who has been married for 20 years, I was like, wow, like my, (laughs) whatever signals I used, you know, whatever, whatever signaling happens at a level that's barely perceptible, really messing with me that, that like, I I couldn't do this online, but Demona, I'm presuming people find a way to feel chemistry initially when they're texting or messaging. Well, you're actually hitting on a really key part of my dating philosophy Again, it's a tool. It's just the tool. It's just the the method to connect with someone who wasn't already in your in your orbit. You have to get offline and into the real world as soon as possible. And I will say, obviously, I'm not a fan of the pandemic. I wish it hadn't happened. But we were at an unsustainable pace of dating before. Mm-hmm. And the way people were approaching dating apps I feel like it was really unhealthy. And as a dating coach, I felt very powerless to be able to stop it as a whole. People were just going swipe, 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 chat, 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 chat. Oh, okay, let's just have a date. And then they were frustrated and disappointed and saying like, ah, oh, dating apps don't work. Then they un- they delete the dating app. Then they, f- then they get frustrated and then they go back on the dating app a month later and repeat the whole cycle. And what Ooh. I encourage people to do is to really focus on making a connection, getting getting to know someone, and then moving into the real world once you've filtered through the matches. But you can't do that on, on an app. You can't do that through a text. You have to do a phone call or a video chat date first so that you can actually pre-qualify and filter your dates before you get there. And that's why people were getting ghosted so often because they develop that false sense of intimacy over chat or, or text. And they didn't really know that person. Whitney, are you taking notes? If you know, I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm taking notes. 
And so, okay. So part of my note taking, I haven't, I took a note earlier. What about playing hard to get? Mm. Like, do you believe we, that should be a part of the dating process? Does it heighten the, you know, attraction or should you just be upfront and say, Hey, this is what I'm interested in. I am not a big fan of playing hard to get. I think you can't be so available to someone. That's another thing that I see a lot of where, you know, we we are so eager to make that connection that we're just like, I'll I'll just bend over backwards. I'm not saying that in a sexual way. But, you know, I'll just like... Maybe that too. That's you okay. could. But, but I, I feel like um, people sometimes forget those ideas the real qualities of the person that they're looking for when they're in the moment. And then they get into this, this space of chasing a match that isn't even really what you thought it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Wait, did I even answer your question? Game. I, so yeah, I don't believe in, I don't believe in playing hard to get. And this is a little bit different there are some other dating coaches out there, believe it or not. And I feel like this is a different philosophy from a lot of people who are like, don't show your hand. Don't let them, don't be too eager. I think the world is happening too fast. We do not have, you do not have time to sit on it for three days and think, oh, I don't know. Do I want to see him again? Do I not? You, you've, you have to seize the opportunity in the moment. And just going back to what we were saying about people want to be seen and heard and understood. If, if someone feels that you want to be with them and they feel a, a, they feel the enthusiasm, they are going to be more likely to show up for you in a bigger way, unless they're just not interested. Mm. And if they're just not interested, that's great too, because then, you know, you have clarity. Okay. Another great question. <laughs> I love this. What do you, how do you tell someone you're not interested? On, online or face-to-face? <laughs> Either. I think, I think uh, well, you know, personally, face-to-face. Like, let's say that we went out or we've been texting or we've hung out a couple of times. Let's just say we've hung out a couple of times and maybe it's just you're not feeling it. What do you, how, how, what is the best way to let someone down? (laughs) I think it's really to just, just state the obvious, you know, state, state how you feel. I think you're, you're a really cool person. I'm just not feeling the vibe and no one can really blame you for expressing yourself authentically. It's when you start to guess like, well, when you did that, it made me feel this. And, and we start to guess what they're thinking and dodge around our, you know, other people's expectations. That's when it gets really complicated. But I really want to encourage people to, to be bold and to really express how you feel. I just did this um, motivational talk on the Calm app. And I talked about my own experience of being in this four-year-long situationship and how I was just like, I can't even with I this. I, I need to. And I think I knew in the back of my head, like, if he's not really ready for a commitment after four years, is it going to happen? But I needed the clarity so that I could move on. And I like wrote down what I was going to say to him and I planned it and we went out to dinner and I was just like, this is what I need. Like, this is what I need this relationship to be. So you're either here or you're not here, but I need to know right now. 
And mm. he was like, I can't give you that. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not there. I can't give you that. And I was like, okay, thank you. Now I have clarity. Now I know what my next steps need to be. Mm. And three months later, I ended up meeting the man who's now my husband. And I really feel like if I had not been brave enough to express what I needed in a relationship, that I would have still been stuck in that limbo, confusing headspace that wouldn't have made me emotionally available for a new relationship. Ooh, that's big. I think that's so big for a lot of people to hear that. You know, to your point about being really specific and clear, um, I have heard from lots of women what they like about dating apps. And I'm just thinking about wit dating and never being on apps. And when people write to me or tell me what they like about it, the women talk a lot about um, being able to be very specific in articulating. This is what I like to do. This is the kind of person I like to be around. Um, Don't, you know, don't match with me, for example, if you're going to be a dick about condoms or, you know, (laughs) women tell me. That's a new one. I haven't heard that. Or they write, I, I, or they write, um, you know, no, no Trump supporters, or no this, or no that. Mm. So they tell me that they get very specific, um, and I've seen like my dating girlfriends' profiles, and they get very specific. They say if they want to hook up or if they want a relationship, and I have to say, I think it's unprecedented in a way to be in a moment where, and and God bless technology for this, that women can be so in touch with what they want. And I think that's one of the great things about what you do, Demona. Like you're, I mean, I know that you're helping men, but traditionally, you know, it's been women who are like, let me contort myself to what I think men like, you know, for heterosexual mm-hmm. men. Let me make myself into what I have heard the opposite sex likes, or, you know, let me, let me be the person that I think uh, this other woman might like. And I like how you're uh, letting women helping women use technology to be in touch with what they themselves want a guy to be or a girlfriend to be. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for saying that because you just really crystallized a key part of my approach that I'm not sure I I even fully recognized. I, I, but I've said before that this is the best time in history ever for a woman to be single. And I know you know this, Wednesday. Like, we have so much choice that we never had before. You go back to even one generation ago, and most of the women met and married someone from their own neighborhood. Like, we weren't even dating outside of the city, the neighborhood, let alone the city, let alone cross-country. And the fact that we have the ability to make a match from anywhere in the world. And the fact that, especially for older women, I think this is amazing. Like before, if you were over 40 and you were widowed or divorced, it was like, well, good luck to you. You know, yeah. I hope some, I hope someone in your, you know, your kid's carpool (laughs) has a divorce. Somebody's parent has a divorce so you can catch a man. Guilt porn. Right. Yeah, but but now now we have choice. We have choice and we have opportunity. That said, I am 
I'm not a fan of the don't even talk to me if in your dating mm-hmm. profile. So I love the mm-hmm. specificity, except for when it comes to the no X, Y, or Z. I hadn't heard the condoms thing, but, <laughs> but yeah, important. I might allow it. Like like to hook up some of them. So they told me that they say that. Yeah. So I would just say, <laughs> you bring up a really interesting question because uh, a lot of my clients are afraid to really share that they're looking for a relationship because they think that will scare someone away. And mm-hmm. I always say, state your business. But I think there's a lot of shame around singlehood right now. And mm-hmm. and people are like, well, I don't want to say I'm looking for a relationship or I don't want to ask someone for a setup. I want to hear more about Whitney's date too. <laughs> but, but they, you yeah. know, they don't want to ask yes, for I want to tell you. Because then, then they're like, well, then everyone will know I'm single. It's like, girl, we already know you're single. You might as well. <laughs> yeah, you're not hiding it from anybody, boo. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I think we should uh, right now, if she's amenable, and she's always game, I think we need to write Whitney's Tinder bio right now to show women how it's done. What do you think, Mona? Clever idea. Whitney. I mean, I got to get up on there and sign up and everything. No, no. Let's just write your bio. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's write my bio. I mean, are you down for that? You know it. (laughs) Why do I even need to ask? I want that. And then I want some dating coach coaching on my date that I had last night. Oh, Go whichever order you want with. Um, let's start with the date. Amen to that. So, so we met through mutual friends, and um, he's very attractive. And uh, he texted me, and we went out to the park, and we walked around the park and played a little football and frisbee and chatted and had a good time. And then all of our friends met up at this bar. All of his friends left. He came to hang out with me for the rest of the night till like one or two in the morning, walked me home, just gave me a hug and said he would hit me up today. But it felt kind of like friendly. I was kind of anticipating more of a longer hug or maybe he would even try to kiss me and he didn't. And I was like, are we just friends? Are Like, where are we at now? And then today he's been texting me. I just haven't responded. I mean, I responded this morning, but I didn't respond to his last message. And so I guess my question is, do you just leave it and see where it goes? Or do you, I don't, do I, I have say I want to hang out. I want to get to know him a little bit better. Uh, The short answer is yes, you say that. The longer answer is I have some questions. (laughs) Had you, had you met before the date? Did you know each other casually? Yes, we met through a mutual friend a few weeks back and we've been texting, you know, fairly often. Okay, so throughout through the couple of weeks, I need to understand how the date happened. What happened between when you met and then the text? And then did he ask you out on a date? Did your friend intervene? Uh, No, we were DMing and then he gave me a cell phone number and I never ended up using it. I kept. DMing instead. And then he said, um, well, I gave you my number. Why don't we text or something like that? So then we started texting. Um, and then from there, so there has been, our friend hasn't been involved since making the connection. 
I love to begin the, with. I love Wait, the story. So can I just talk? So did you feel like he wasn't as affectionate as you had hoped he would be, or it wasn't as sexual as you wanted it to be, and that's why you're not returning his texts? <laughs> I just don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe I was hoping it would be a little bit more affectionate. Here's my question for you, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go easy on you here. <laughs> don't. What would you do to let him know that you were interested? I don't know. Probably nothing. <laughs> I I was probably, I mean, I asked if you wanted to come hang out with us for, you know, go to the next bar or whatever we were doing. Um, okay, I'm going to, but I mean, there wasn't, there was not a whole lot. Okay, I'm going to I break the whole, this all like, down for you. <laughs> Okay, yes, bring it. Bring it. Hit me with Wait, it. Wait, you said you did the whole, finish that. Oh, okay, yes. I did. So we did have a conversation about what our types are because our other my other friend was there and was like, what is your type? <laughs> and he started describing what the type, his type is. He's like, I don't know. It kind of goes all over the place, but I really like somebody who's, you know, athletic and likes to travel and um, down to earth and outgoing and then we started talking about what my type was, basically very similar to that. Um, and I also mentioned then that I really like, I like physical touch. And I saw, and he like giggled at it. And I was like, why are you, why does that make you laugh? He goes, just because I put my arms around, like I hugged myself, basically. He's like, just the way you said that was cute. <laughs> so, I mean, I kind of put it out there, I felt like. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I love that you said that you like physical touch. Like, point taken. But then did you touch yeah. him? No. Okay. So let me break I mean, I, I, I did the whole, like, you know, touch the shoulder, like, you know, a little, you little did. flirtatious gra- graze, you know, but not like, I didn't like walk up behind him and Okay, but you did, you did touch him. Face. You did yeah. make physical contact. Yes, okay. yes. I broke that physical barrier in a very kind, simple way. Okay. Good. I'm going to analyze this as if you were one of my clients. Now- I've heard only a little bit about about <laughs> you and the situation, but I'll tell you what I'm hearing. It sounds okay. to me like from the beginning, he was has been trying to accelerate things. So he wanted to get things out of DMs. He gave you his phone number, which it sounds like it wasn't clear whether he wanted you to call him or text him or what, but he was trying to move things to the next phase. And to become, like, he's probably thinking she has so many options and I'm just like one of the guys in her DMs, whatever. But if I can take things to the next level and have her phone number, talk with her over text, maybe take her on a date, then that positions me in a different way. Okay, so that's level one, right? Okay, all right. (laughs) I like where this is Level two, when you actually go out on the date, he's thinking... He's thinking I need to, I need a clear green light to be able to accelerate things here. And I would say, (laughs) you asked me way in the beginning how dating has changed. I think there's a lot less clarity on dating. And I hear situations like this a lot more, Whitney, where it's like, is it still a date if you go and hang out in a group? Or is that, is that just like, right? does that actually, does that decelerate the connection because 
now it's more of a casual group setting as opposed to a more personal and intimate connection. Correct. Did it change the dynamic when you were on the date with this person? Did it change the dynamic? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Like, what did it mean when you were with other people? Did it make it feel safer? Did it make it feel... It definitely felt safer. It felt safer for you. But did it feel less flirtatious? Did it feel less datey? Is that when the energy changed? No, I feel like the energy was fairly consistent throughout. (laughs) Okay, Okay, I'm not going to say what I think. I'm going to let Demona go first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do do people even ask people on dates? Like, hey, I want to take you on a date. This is what I was saying. What even is dating? Right. Because I think like, did I even go on a date or did I not go on a date? You definitely went on a date. <laughs> but I feel that okay. in that moment of being like, hey, do you want to just like tag along and hang out with friends? And these are mutual friends, right? You already had. He didn't know. Okay. No, no, no. I didn't know his group and he didn't know my group. So basically we went on our solo date. He dropped me off here. He had to go place like a, <laughs> this is going to be hilarious if he listens to this podcast. <laughs> For sure is listening. <laughs> He went to like a cornhole league and invited me. He's like, you should come hang. It'll probably be pretty fun. I was like, great. I'll invite some of my girlfriends too because he was just going to be with his his friends playing cornhole. What? Wait, what so, is cornhole? I don't understand any of this. <laughs> it's like a it's like a bag it's a bag game. Bean bag they, toss. They play at bars. Bean bag toss. Oh, yeah, there yeah. you go. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Very tacky. And so he had his group, I had my group, his and then his group ended up leaving and then he came to hang out. There's nothing he went to go drop his friend off, come back. Whitney, there's nothing ambiguous about the situation to me. It sounds to me <laughs> like he is trying to express interest in you and it's not clear at all to him if you like him back. He texted you the next day and has been texting you throughout the day and you haven't responded <laughs> to him. So I responded him. this morning. I just haven't responded to his last text message, which was like two hours ago. He's been super busy. I I would say, yes. and, and you know, I'm a big fan of women taking initiative and okay. putting your foot on the gas to say, right. I'd really love to see you again. You don't have to plan the whole day and like drive things forward. And there's definitely a line between women being assertive and being aggressive, but it doesn't sound to me like you're in danger of being too aggressive in any way. Just by saying, I had such a great time. I'd really love to see you this weekend. Or I'd really love, like, we should definitely do that again. Do not say hang out. Oh my God. That's where my mind went. I knew it. My mind went to hang out. I'm like, do you want to hang this weekend? (laughs) Not say hang out. I would really love to see you again. Whoa. Do you feel that way? Do you feel that you really want to see him again? I do. I th- I would like to see him again. I was about to say hang out, but I I changed I changed my words, and I would like to see him. Yes, hang out is casual and ambiguous. See you again is. It's kind of the it's code for a date without saying like, we should go on another date, which is kind of nerdy, right? Like you like you said, <laughs> who says that anymore? Although I think it's very sexy when someone like I remember. I, I think too. I find once that hot. in my life, I was I asked on an actual, actual legit date. Um, this guy, I was at like a, I was at a bar mixer thing, and like he just, just straight up was like, 
I think you're beautiful. I'd like to take you on a date. How about tomorrow? And I was just like, <gasps> what? Wow, I love that. Later canceled, which tells you something about oh, the kind of guy that. that has that confidence. But in terms of what it did to me as a lady, I was like, wow, this is such a step up, right? That is his total, he elevated the game. And Whitney, think how good that guy would feel if you, I mean, guys like to feel good. They like to feel wanted and they like to be pursued. When I was younger, there was this really idiotic book called The Rules. <laughs> and it was yeah. all about how women should comport themselves. And it was totally retrograde and it was supposed to be tongue in cheek. But Whitney, it was basically like, don't you ever call him first. Don't you ever, now it would be, don't you ever text him first. Um, act like you're super busy all the time. What else was in the rules, Demona? It, it was- Oh, it- it was um, like, there's all kinds of stuff about like being, being feminine. It was just. Yeah, it was totally retro, right? And the thing that that whole book missed and that I think a lot of us are missing is that when it comes to dating and connection, everybody likes to feel desired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that that might be a great thing to remember, especially when you're a woman, because you're so conditioned to always be desirable, we forget the tremendous power that comes with expressing to somebody else. I just, I find you desirable. Mm -hmm. Oh, he would just, I, he's just going to swoon if you tell him that you want to spend some more time together. Right. <laughs> well desired. So and, you, and you already laid the foundation saying you love touch. I would just see what happens if you are a little less casual with your touch. Not like, I'm not saying like grab his ass in a, <laughs> a public place. I'm just saying like, see what he's packing. If you, if you like <laughs> let your touch linger a little bit, this is, this is like such a good trick. You, you, you let your hand linger a little bit and then you make eye contact and then you pull it away where like, you have that you, you are clear and unambiguous about your interest in him. I think that would be very effective. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to have a follow-up podcast with you on it. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> Honestly, I'm very excited. I, and I love doing this. Like, I, in case you cannot tell, I love helping people find love and navigate situations like this. So I get really excited when I, when I hear a success story or somebody is like, Damona, I did that, that touch and eye contact <laughs> thing and it worked. I was like, yay. <laughs> so yeah, do it. Please. I'm doing I can't it. Wait. I'm doing and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to send that text message <laughs> and I'm going to let the hand linger a little bit too, you know, a little longer. Look him in the eyes. Mm, hey, I, yeah, guess. I think also yeah. we're in this weird time of I do, I'm not, I'm not making excuse, making excuses, but I think me too had to happen, but there are a lot of guys that are kind of confused right now about what the boundaries yeah. are. I don't know why it's so unclear to them, but. Yeah. Like I, don't sexually assault women. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you don't, pretty clear. Don't, harass, don't sexually harass or sexually assault women. It's not that right. Hard. Right. But I do find that I'll, that men right now are a little more um, cautious about accelerating things physically without getting a really clear green light from you. Okay. That mind. Um, you know, I wanted to say when I'm listening to you talk, Demona, one of the things that you do is like you help people unlock other people. Mm. 
Mm, I like where you're going with that. You around. It's like that stuff about touch, right? You're teaching people how to unlock somebody's um, sort of um, neurofeedback system, right? Like the things that really move us. Or when you're talking about, you know, letting somebody know we desire you, you know, there's such, I mean, you're you're talking about activating basically somebody's dopamine, you know. Mm -hmm. So this is, you have a lot of tricks up your sleeve and I'm really impressed. And I, I mean, if I'm, if I'm ever single, you're going to hear from me. <laughs> Hopefully never, but <laughs> well, thank wait, you. Yeah. We still have to do Whitney's Tinder bio. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that too. I'm not letting it go with, I want you. Great. Let's do it. I want you to be online because imagine all the data that I'm going to get with. Yes. I mean, Demona, which apps do you recommend for what? Like people told me that some um, are some apps are for hooking up, some are for relationships, some are for casual, but looking for a relationship. What decode the different apps for us? It's so funny that you ask this because I'm just about to release a quiz on my website. Which dating app is right for you? So I've like, I've, I've put okay. all my secret sauce into a really fun quiz. It's not up just yet, but it will be there imminently. And I have people look at everything from the dating pool on the app to the functionality to what they want. And I I don't think there's any one app that is ideal for everyone. I like to have my clients on two apps. It's like being in two bars, two places at the same time, right? But um, for some people like... <laughs> If you, if you like a lot of detail and a lot of control over your matches, you're probably not going to have a great time on Tinder or Bumble because there's so little information and it's mostly, mostly photo-based. And most of the connection on those apps happens in the chat or then as you move offline. So that's Tinder and Bumble. Yeah. But if you if you want a little bit more control, you you want to do deeper dive searches and you want more detail on the person before you connect, then you w- might want to try like a match or an OkCupid. The functionality is very different. It's not just based on swipes. It's you can sort people based on interests and and different fields and you answer these questions on OkCupid that give you a match percentage. So it's a lot more detailed there. I find that Hinge is somewhere in between the two. And by the way, the match group owns like almost all of these apps that I'm talking about. Oh, wow. And then if you get really overwhelmed, like if you're just like, I can't swipe at all. I can't look at all those faces. You go to like a Coffee Meets Bagel where they deliver you one match a day so that you don't get overwhelmed. But it feels a little bit more of a curated experience. Coffee Meets Bagel. That's the name of it? Yes. I don't, I don't, I don't, I just report. (laughs) Really cute. That's really cute. You'll find a nice Jewish New York boyfriend. (laughs) I mean, you know me Wednesday. I love bagels. It's nice to have a nice Jewish husband. So like I should know. And so maybe that's, 
I'm just feel I love the name of that one. I'm going to speak. Uh, I will I'm also gonna, put in a vote I'm, for Jewish. I'm going to speak for New York for that. Okay. What <laughs> I about told my dad Iowa? I would never. Ma- That's funny because I said to my dad, who's <laughs> Jewish, I was like, I will never. I remember saying this. I will never marry a Jewish man. It's not going to happen. So you should just get over it. Like, <laughs> sear it in my memory. Cut to 10 years later, I'm walking down the aisle. <laughs> and there's a whole there's the Jewish man. I was like, goes to show we sometimes don't know what we think we want. <laughs> okay, so let's but let's say we're just doing a Tinder profile. So the first thing I'll say is your photos are going to be actually the most important part of the profile. Okay. You want to have the three C's. Color context and character in that order. Oh my God. Color, <laughs> color is choosing a photo that has bright color to draw his attention. That's your primary photo. You're trying to get him to stop and pay attention. So red would be an ideal color. Not only do studies show that men respond to the color red, uh, it's a bi- biological conditioning. They will rate a woman as more attractive if she's wearing a red dress, and even if it's the same woman it's and the same color. It's a power That's color. so interesting. Yeah, red is my favorite color. Red is my favorite color. Wait until I start dating. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Demona. <laughs> so red, red dress, red lipstick, red. Stop. Pay attention. Then, okay. Now I'm going to look further into her profile. Context. Tell your story through your photos. We, we're, we're going to write sweet nothings, but your pictures, especially for a woman dating men, men fall in love with their eyes. Women fall in love between their ears. So men are going to be, they're going to respond visually. So you want to make sure that you can tell them what you want them to know about things you enjoy, the things that you like to do, all through the context part of your profile and then character. That's the one most people miss. That's the, that's the personality part, the quirky Mm. side of you, the other side of you, maybe you in a Halloween costume or like you reading a book or doing something wacky. Or punching somebody in the face in the ring. That's like, that's that's either like, Ooh, wow. I really like that. Or I'm terrified of her. (laughs) But you're thinking. I get a lot of men that might be terrified of me. I'm a little crazy. Show that side of you because the ones that are, I mean, you don't want somebody that's going to be like, oh, she's too crazy for me. You know? Or like, oh, no, no, no. You want a guy who's like, she's too strong for me. I'm intimidated. You want a guy who's like, oh my God, there she's in the ring. That's lit. Exactly. And then they're also going to have something to say. Like, you want those polarizing pictures where they're going to say, oh, I have something to comment on. So then you won't just get the, hey, hey, you're, Hey, gorgeous. Hey, beautiful. I hate those messages. <laughs> yeah. What about the selfies? What are your thoughts fine. on selfies for photos? Selfies fine. No fine. Big... Selfies in a car or in a bathroom mirror? Not fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty simple rule. Noted. <laughs> we'll take that off my Instagram now. <laughs> I'm just saying that if somebody did that on a dating app, wouldn't you think that like maybe they were dating on the DL? Like I have to do this out of my car or like I'm sneaking this photo in my bathroom. Sometimes you just have really good lighting in your car, you oh, guys. Oh, okay. All right. And I have red seats. Look, don't let me like steal your thunder here. So if that no, is I'm like really kidding. important to you, 
<laughs> put it in. <laughs> I'm very deep. I'm a very deep person. <laughs> but we're telling a story. That's what we're doing. So like right, if your car right. is part of your story, then include <laughs> it's it. Not. If, if it's not, then maybe maybe do no. another photo. Yeah. For sure, put your cute dog in there. For sure. Dog has to go in there. One dog or is that there. a bad idea, Demona? Tell us. One dog is okay. Multiple dogs. It's funny. I actually did an episode of my podcast, Dates and Mates, about how men responded to dogs, according to a study. Study, you know, like I said earlier, studies take them all with a grain of salt. Assault. But some men, if you are too enthusiastic about your dog, according to this study, some men will be turned off and will not see a place for themselves in your life if you are oh too attached Oh, wow. You know, that, that me and that guy will not get along well. Then I say include the dog in one photo, yeah. not in all of them. She's very cute. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Cr- create a profile for her. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you want to be with the guy or a woman who's like, oh, she doesn't have room in her life for me because she has a dog. <laughs> that person is actually <laughs> muster. <laughs> It's not going to cut it. It's a fra- I, fragile ego right there. <laughs> fragile. Too fragile for me. It will not go well for him. <laughs> I think there it is a, date, well. a dating app specifically for people with dogs too, by the way. I'm not that crazy about her. I mean, I definitely am, but I'm not like one of those crazy, crazy dog moms. <laughs> I don't know. Or am Could I? So, Whitney, she, so Whitney's trying to tell a story about who she really is with pictures. Yep. And then, and then what about crafting her bio? So this is a little bit trickier. This is, this is hard for a lot of people. Um, I actually do have a profile starter kit to help jumpstart this process. It has like the plug and play, like, um, remember Mad Libs where you fill mm-hmm. in the blank? That yep. sort of, I used to love that with, profiles that have worked for clients before. You're just like, I have no idea what to say. You just fill in the blank. And then I also have some prompts to get you into storytelling, like talking about things you love, talking about things that you are nostalgic about, that you remember. That really bonds people. Wednesday, I'd be curious to know, like from your perspective, how that how that is also impacting people on a biological level because I find when you tell stories that someone can relate to on a more nostalgic level, it actually really does bond people. I don't know if you have any insights on that. About the power of nostalgia in the attraction game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I think shared cultural references are very powerful for people. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've observed people on a date back when you could like go out in public and people were on dates and you could watch them. I've observed people having these really animated conversations about like TV shows they loved when they were kids or having had the same exact favorite song in seventh grade or, or yeah. So I think, uh, that I, I have seen that iteration of nostalgia that bonds people be very powerful in kind of blurty conversations and getting to know you conversations that I've witnessed. Sure. Yeah, and it also lends it lends itself to the idea of storytelling too. So instead of saying like I love I love uh hip hop to talk about 
the last concert that you went to is a, is more specific. And a lot of times people misunderstand when I say storytelling, they're like, I only have this many characters. I can't tell a whole story. And it's like, it's, it's about being, being really clear and specific with your word choices. Cause I'll see people waste, you know, 20 words talking about like, I can't believe that I have to be on a dating app and this is not how I thought I would meet. And it's like putting down on even the fact that you're there or the person reading it, <laughs> that they should be embarrassed to be there too. People. Oh my God. So they put space. that in their bio. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. People waste <laughs> I mean, I'm clearly no expert, but if anyone has that in their bio, they need to take it out immediately. Yeah. People do waste a lot of space with preamble. So most of the time when some, when I look at somebody's profile initially, I cut out the first line because usually it doesn't actually tell us anything. I like to actually lead with headlines. I'm on the fence about whether emojis are sufficient for that, but like saying something that indicates your top three interests or qualities, like mine. Okay. I'm just throwing this out there. Like, um, Chardonnay yoga. This is like going to attract a woman, <laughs> but like, okay, you know, Chardonnay yoga and dogs or something like that. Like, like right off the bat, you get a sense of who I am, what's important to me. And then I can go into some storytelling, like remind me to tell you about the time when blah, 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 blah. And really thinking of it from the perspective of I am leaving threads for him to pick up. Not just like I'm giving a list of a laundry list of all the things I'm looking for, but I'm telling my story and leaving threads for him to pick up. And then I will do the filtering and determine if this person is a match for me or not. People get that flipped. They think that they need to filter in their profile and that their profile is there to turn people off. The profile is the magnet. It's there to draw people in and then you do the filtering. Okay. So the profile's there to open the door, Whitney, and then you decide if you're going to slam the door in the first. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah, and if you're getting like sense. way too many messages and and you're just super overwhelmed, that's when I get a little bit more specific with the filtering. But until you're at that point, think of it as keeping the funnel wide. I'm thinking maybe like Hinge is probably my go, my route, or that coffee and a bagel. Coffee and a bagel. That's so cute. It's so cute. So Hinge is so easy because they have set questions that you can choose choose which questions you want to answer and then just leave short answer responses. What do you think about these dating apps that are the application like Raya and the League and things like that where you have to be in, invited or you have to go through an application process and be approved to be on the app? Mm. <laughs> um, do you want the ugly truth or a beautiful lie? Yes. <laughs> Hit me with the ugly truth, please. I think sometimes people on those apps, it's it's more about being accepted. It's like, getting past the velvet rope than it is about actually using it to connect with people. So I have found for a lot of my celebrity clients that they don't really get a ton of dates from it. That being said, I am totally open to being surprised and I never say never. You will never hear me like slam an app and be like, don't ever use Tinder. It's only for hookups. 
I think it's all in how you use the tool. I have heard from other people that were not celebrities that they've done pretty well on Raya. Guys, not women. I don't know. But um, I, I think anything is worth a try, but it's not worth being... Um, it's not worth being frustrated about like some I had a client that was like I applied for the league and I didn't get in and then I got waitlisted and I'm just like save your tears honey there's there's bigger <laughs> things to worry there's about some big, there's some dating to do just save your tears save your tears <laughs> <laughs> um do you have any last bit of like surprising advice for us Demona before we go like is there just some totally counterintuitive thing um, that people should know? Or is there something that women uh, tend to misunderstand about dating that you can drop on us before you, before we tell people how to find you? I don't know that this is so surprising, but I see so often that women don't realize how negatively they speak to themselves all day, every day about dating, about their body image, um, about men. And so many times someone will come to me and they, they want to find a match, but they don't realize that they've put so many blocks in front of themselves as to why they can't find a match, that they're, they, they ha haven't even had the perspective. They haven't had the, given themselves the opportunity to shift that narrative. And I say this as somebody who, ladies, I was the biggest cynic about love ever. Like coming from that on again, off again situationship and other guys that I dated and one night stands and all that, I was like, this ain't gonna happen for me. And <sighs> it really took a process. I started working with a coach actually, not a dating coach, but a life coach who really helped me realize my negative beliefs and thought patterns that were really keeping me stuck in my current existence and just to have a moment to mentally step out of that pattern and realize that maybe that was true in the past, but it doesn't have to be true in the future and that you can really rewire your brain by changing the messages that you are sending to yourself. And then you can rewire and, and carve a new path for your dating experience, starting with the way that you talk to yourself about it. That's beautiful. Yeah, what's the like point? It's like, why would, you know, if you feel that you're a prize, right? Mm -hmm. And that it would be fun to date you. Yes. That's, that's going to go, so, that's gonna go <laughs> so much better than, gosh, I don't know, am I really worthy, right? Oh, man. Mm -hmm. That's what, I mean, the, just like Demona said, that's what we tell ourselves so often. I tell myself that even sometimes, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I feel like that's the curse of the heterosexual woman, you know? <laughs> that we just, we have been taught since we can first think about it, right? You know it because you were in beauty pageants. I mean, we've been taught our entire lives how to be desirable, but nobody has taught us how to enjoy desire and, and, you know, having desires and acting on them. I love that Demona's helping us with the whole range of those experiences. Yeah. And it's, it, it takes time. It, it, like these beliefs are probably, like you said, 
something that you held onto or were, were pummeled at you from a young age. And it's right. time to unravel that and to rewire that. So to also have compassion for yourself wherever you are in this process. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. Whitney, I just have a feeling you're going to have, well, now you know what a date is and now I know what a date is. So <laughs> now, now I know that I actually went on a date. <laughs> the world is uh, oyster. Okay. Are you going to text that dude or what? Yeah, I'm going to text him. What are you going to say? I just don't, well, um, that, <laughs> that I want to see him again. Right. Lovely. Lovely. And make sure you reference something that he said too, if you can. He's talking about a band okay. currently. So make sure we that met this musician last night and he's and he said he sounds like Greta Van Fleet. I don't know who that is. I don't either. Look it up and show him that you care about <laughs> what he just said and then double down with letting him know you'd like to see him again and then report back. <laughs> Okay. Deal. Wow. Deal. I will report back. I promise. These are your marching orders, sister. Report back Great. to both of us. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have another podcast next week, so I'll just let I'll let you know. And I hope Demona will come back on because I feel like this is this has been one of my favorite episodes. Oh yay! Yeah. It's it been is, one of my favorites so too. I I'm really excited for you. I can't wait to hear how it turns out. So I had I had a blast. I did a big ab workout yesterday with my trainer. And now I'm like, I'm in serious pain from all that laughing too. So. Oh, right. I know the feeling. Time for a nice salt bath to recover from us. Oh my God. Yes. I'm hurting. Tell people where they can find you. Well, I, I do this sort of thing every week on the Dates and Mates podcast. So that's my favorite place for people to find me. And then, of course, on my website, datesandmates.com, they can get those goodies that I told you about, the Profile Starter Kit and the quiz as soon as that's up. And of course, I'm on all the socials at Damona Hoffman. Awesome. Well, I'm so, so excited for everyone to follow you, check out your podcast, and um, I guess just be able to soak up your wisdom and have the best dating life they can. For sure. Damona, thank you so much. Um, You made dating clear to somebody who's been married for 20 years. That was not easy. I I am here to, to serve and to clarify things. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to do that. So much love. Appreciate it. Thanks, Demona. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, it would help us a lot if you would leave a review. Yeah, leave a review, subscribe. We want to know how you guys felt about the episode. It really helps us out a lot to continue the success of the podcast and keep spreading our message.